Hey, hey, peacemakers, it's the Soul Coach coming at you with another episode. So sit back and let's find your peace of mind. Hey, hey, peacemakers, this is the Soul Coach, and I'm coming to you with um, Clay Hodges, and this is his podcast episode. So, everybody, this is Clay. Clay, this is everybody. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> So, Clay, tell the listeners, who is Clay Hodges? Oh, man, who is Clay Hodges? Um, Hip-hop artist, entrepreneur, visionary, uh, music producer, film producer. Uh, I do a lot, man. I'm just an artist. That's just the best way to sum it up. I'm an artist. See, I didn't even know you had all those titles behind that besides being a music artist. Oh, yeah, I got a lot more, too, people don't know about. I promote concerts, do all that good stuff. Okay, okay. So tell everybody about um, what you've actually um, thought about being besides all of the accolades, well, all of the titles behind your name right now. What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, when I was young, I always wanted to be a singer when I grew up. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of scared to tell people that because I knew, like, the artistic career was frowned down upon for, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of people, especially, like, young black men. Everybody wanted to be a rapper. Everybody wanted to be a singer or this or a basketball player. So I kind of just kept that to myself, and I told the lies. What everybody wanted to be a mathematician, but I didn't want to be a math. I wanted to make music. It's Mm -hmm. it's been my passion since as far as I can remember. Mom's a musician. My pops, Mm -hmm. he's a musician. A music head, it was just only natural for me to, to pick that up and want to be that. Okay. So when did you start shifting the the way you spoke about your your future career towards people, like going from telling people that um, you wanted to be a mathematician to a artist or singer? Well, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was fifth grade. So like one of the last days of school, our teacher was asking everybody what they wanted to be when they grow up. Mm-hmm. And he asked everybody. And, of course, all the black boys were like, y'all want to be a rapper, I want to be a rapper. Because they're informed by flaws. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they didn't want to be a rapper, but it was just something cool to do. And when she came to me, she's like, Clay, what you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a rapper. And that was the first time I ever, like, was, like, honest about what I wanted to be. And yeah. she was shocked. She was shocked. She's like, Really? Why don't you be something like you can be anything, Clay? Because I was a smart kid. Like I was yeah. like, I was like that kid when everybody failed in math class. I made a ninety-nine. Like I was that kid. Mm-hmm. So she was just like, "Really, you want to be a rapper? Like why? Why? Like you can do anything." And I was like, "I just like music." And you know what I'm saying? She kind of just wrote it off, but it felt good being honest. So yeah, I was like, like finally but, letting it out. Yeah, exactly. Finally letting it out. So I'm like from this point forward, like. I'm going to just tell people, like, the truth. I want to be a rapper. I want to be a music artist. That's what I want to do. Yeah. But I would like to shift right there. Okay. So when did you actually get your start in the music industry? Like, once you – that was fifth grade. So after that, what was the next step? Well, the next step for me was to try to get into a recording studio. I had to put myself on wax. And I was having a hard time doing that um, because I knew people who were recording, especially when, when we got in middle school, but they wouldn't let me come to the studio because nobody took me serious as me wanting to be a rapper. 
um, because I maybe I didn't look like what a rapper should look like. I, I don't know. A big kid with you know the little the plat the plat braids before they was cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? That I was I, that was me. You feel me? Like nobody really took me serious, so nobody really wanted to invite me or give me a chance. So you know, I, I did little performances here and there, like at the talent shows and whatnot. But I I know I needed to get on wax, so I finally found a recording studio, and um, I was in a in a music group, and like this is also the time when I learned like the difference between my hunger level and other people's. Like they introduced me to the guy who had a studio, and I went there so much. Like those guys didn't want to come. Like I'm not saying nothing bad about them, but it was just yeah. a different hunger level. Like this is what I want to do for real. So like I came there so much that he just started letting me record for free. So that that's when I started, you know, exploring, explore, excuse me, exploring and experimenting with different sounds, ideas. I got my first music mentor, my OG, who also schooled me on street knowledge, which is another story. But um, that was my start. I knew I had to get on wax. I knew I had to become better at my craft, and I also started studying, like my idols, people that I looked up to. I started studying like rappers like Cassidy, Bootsy, um, Andre Three Thousand. Um, um, Tupac, uh, Biggie, like I just started studying them, like listening to their lyrics and dissecting them, their rhyme schemes, their patterns, the way they flow on a particular track, the way this word flowed at this space between the snare and the and the hi hat or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I just studied it mm-hmm. on a really introspective level, and from me doing that and constantly working and creating, I got better. So that was like the first step. I had to put myself on wax had to record, I had to better myself, I had to become the best that I could be. And from there, um, I had to, you know, start putting out projects, doing music videos, and this is the most important part, which I started doing maybe about two or three years ago, which is studying the business. Mm-hmm. Because it's the music industry, at the end of the day, it's a business. I want to do this for a living, so I have to understand that. So I started studying the business side of music, started reading books on it, watching seminar videos online, and just doing my own independent research on the music business to try to figure out how to move and operate within this industry. So those were like some of the things I had to do to kind of get myself solidified in it. Wow. That's, that's crazy because you wouldn't even expect you to go from what everybody thought you were supposed to be this smart person and everything to actually molding yourself into the actual artist that you are today with the doing your own research and picking up a mentor um, just by default and just continuously going and trying to pursue your dreams at such a young age. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, man. Cause I, I had to do it. Like, I, I made my mind up because I wanted to do it, but at 15 I made my mind up, like, this is what I'm going to do for a living, and I just had to figure out how to do it. And that, that just, it just was that hunger, man, just knowing. And I'm blessed that I was, like, I'm blessed that, you know, the creator got thing instilled that in me at such an early age for me to have a direction and vision for myself. Yeah. It wasn't for that, you know, because a lot of people never realize what they want to do or they realize their calling or their gift, and they're older, you know what I'm saying? But that was a blessing right there. Yeah, I feel like with especially millennials and Generation Z, like, whether parents um, took the time out to, like, listen to what they wanted to be and 
help them mold them mm-hmm. like into the people that they wanted to be rather than saying, okay, well, you got to choose a career, work 40 hours a week and do this and that. And it's like, it really shows within the two generations that we, we just feel like when we feel boxing is like uncomfortable and we have mm-hmm. to do what we have to do to be the people that we want to be. Well, most people, because you know, there are some people who are like, okay, well, I want to disappoint my family, so I'm going to do what they want me to do. And then you just, like, you're uncomfortable with your life. Yeah, exactly. And I completely feel you, man. And and it's a disconnect right there, man, because, you know, our parents, they grew up with understanding. You know, you go to school uh, or pick you up a trade, and that's a good, solid way to guarantee that you're going to get a job because life was all about getting a job to provide for you and your family. And I understand that it's a cost to live and we got to live. We got to live, we got to pay the cost to live. But I, like you're saying, as millennials, like we're, we're, we're taking it a step further because we understand that, yeah, we got to live, we got to make a living for ourselves, but we can also enjoy what we do. We can be selective about the things that we choose to do to make money. We can actually do something we love, something we're passionate about. And it's a disconnect there because a lot of times parents don't understand it. Because I don't know, maybe because what what we want to do is maybe so unorthodox or or, or yeah, different. It seems like the impossible. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems impossible. It's like dreams. You you want to do what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, it's like you want to do what? Like you sitting there playing a video game all day. You need to get up and get a job. And but no, pops, it's my passion. I want to design games. You ain't gonna make no money doing. It. You know they just don't understand it. Yeah. And I just want to speak to the people out there listening, like, you know, when when everybody give up on you and nobody don't believe in you, man, you got to believe in yourself. And you got to believe in that feeling in your heart, man, that feeling that's telling you to do what you're doing. You got to continue to pursue that because it's there for a reason. That feeling is there for a reason. I don't know about you, but I cannot ignore it. I couldn't ignore it. I tried to listen to my parents and be something else. I tried to start rapping. And it didn't work because the more I tried not to do it, the more it consumed me. So I just had to give into it. Like, this is what I love to do. And this is what I have to pursue. And I don't care if you like it or not, but I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And we got to we, we, we gotta go for it like that because it's more than possible to do anything that you want to do. Anything that your heart desires, more than possible to do it. You just got to believe and put forth the effort. I just want to say that to the people out there listening because I know it can be frustrating and hard, especially when you've got that constant confliction between, you know, your support system trying to steer you in a different direction that's not necessarily aligned to what your heart is telling you. Yes, most definitely. And so with your parents, when did they start to notice how serious you were about music and, like, what did they, the steps did they take to start, like, supporting you and everything, especially knowing that they come from a similar background with loving music? Well, the thing about my parents is a little tricky. So my parents are Gemini's, and people <laughs> with Gemini's, they be so flip-floppy. Like, my parents have support me. And I say that with all respect because when they support me, they support me, and they show love. Mm-hmm. But they started taking it serious. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't even know if they even take it serious now. <laughs> even with you about to move across the country? What? I know, right? But it's like even still when you're moving across the country, like that's the main reason why I'm moving. You know, everything else that aligns is that it support me. Mm-hmm. But I know in like their minds, like it's the opposite. It's like I'm moving because I got a job and because I have somewhere to stay at. It's 
but the music is something I should do on the back burner or hobby. But it's it's the complete opposite for me. Yeah. So it's like they still kind of think like that. They believe in me because they starting to see that people starting to rally behind me and I'm starting to get a buzz and whatnot. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's still a far-fetched concept for them to see their son. Like they raised from, they know me, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you be your whole star. life. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? To see me become this big mega star that like I see myself being. And it's even hard for, like, the closest people to you sometimes. Because, like, man, that's just clay, man. What's cool clay? It's a hangout. Like, they don't see you as being what you see yourself as. So it's still kind of that, that disconnect. But, like, they understand that this is what I want to do. And they know that I'm going to do it regardless. So it is what it is. And I don't care what they say or how they feel about it. I'm going to do it because that's what I want to do. And I believe in it. Yeah. And that's another thing that I wanted to touch on. So how are your friends reacting to everything now that you're about to go into the next chapter of your career um, with moving to California? Well, my friends are really supportive. Like, you know, they, they understand what I want and what I've been doing, because especially people closest to me, they know I've been, like, wanting to do this since I was, like, young, extremely young, talking to them yeah. about it. So it's like, to them, it's just like, yeah, like, they seen the process. They seen the growth. They seen when I was this shy guy that was like didn't want to talk to anybody to being this outgoing person that's networking with all these people and making things happen. They seen that, so they respect it. And you know they're inspired by it, and I'm inspired by them too and their growth because they're doing the same thing. But you know at the end of the day, I'm still Clay. I'm just Clay. Like to other people who don't know him, it's like oh Clay boy, this man about to blow. This, you know what I'm saying? It's just a different, a different energy. It's like man, that's just Clay. You know, they're, yeah. they're used to me. They're used to me. I guess that's the best way to say they're used to me. So, I mean, my friends are supportive, man. I love them, man. I do. And how do you feel like with, okay, you supporting your friends' dreams and your friends supporting your dreams, how mm-hmm. do you keep that balance? Because, like, again, with us millennials and Generation Z um, members, we also, like, you see those posts like check on your friends, make sure you support your friends and all this type of stuff. Like what are some ways that you and your friends keep balance and you guys support each other no matter what industry, if y'all are in different industries or the same industry, what are some ways? Okay, so like I have a friend that's a comedian, I have a friend that's a football player, I have a friend that's doing um church friends and do music. Like we might not be able to go to every single function. Mhm. But you know, if we see it on social media, we like it, we comment, we share. We give each mm-hmm. other words of encouragement every chance that we get because we both know, like, you need that when you're pursuing your dreams. So, and then, like, you know, my friends that make clothes, like, I'm I'm wearing my homeboy shirt right now. Like, I wore it yesterday. I'm, I'm, like, I started making Facebook videos. Like, I'm going to be wearing this man's shirt, like, in almost all of the videos. I don't care. I was, yeah. just, telling, like, I was just telling my homie, like, when I, when I, when I blow, like, I ain't doing all that designer stuff. Like, I'm not interested in that anyway. I'm going to wear graphic tees for my homeboys. You feel me? I'm you might as well go like ahead and shout them out. You feel me? Man, shout out to Rail, man. Shout out to Rail, man. Got me forever fly. I got it on this tee right now, and I had it on for, like, two days. You feel me? Like, let, I'm let everybody know it's Instagram and everything. You feel me? I don't know. What I don't know about Instagram on the back. I don't know well, we'll we'll get it afterwards, and then I'll put it in the in the show notes. For sure, for sure. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? It's support. It's support don't always got to be like you showing up. Like words of encouragement, like bro, keep doing what you're doing. 
a share, a like, a comment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like, bro, I'm behind you. Most definitely. And what about your mentor? So how did you either, like, go ahead and find mentors or how did you click with, like, just get connected with the people that you have as mentors so far? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just people I met along the way. Um, like I said, my first ever mentor, he is Devon Brack. Devon Brack, man, that's my OG. I call him like, like I say, he, he put me on game with street knowledge too because mm-hmm. the area I grew up in, the people that was constantly around me and around the area that I grew up in, like I had to learn how to move a certain way. He taught me how to move that certain way. He taught me a lot about music as well. Um, and from him, you know, um, Mike Rob, Mike Robinson, um, big bro, he he taught me about you know pro- being professional, about going for yards, about grinding, not to wait on nobody to go out and get it on your own. Um, even still, Cortland Adele, like one of one of my biggest mentors, even still today, I hear check up on me every now and then. He got dang on told me something that like inspired me to like to like make meaningful music because. Like he seen, he was my like I don't want to. He was like my first professional mixing engineer. I did my first project with him, mm-hmm. and he taught me a lot about you know studio etiquette, mic etiquette, and um and about music on the like spiritual emotional level. And one of the things he told me like, Yo, Clay, like you're really talented. You know how to tell a story. He said, Man, when you make music, you should be trying to make music with the intent to move people. Mm-hmm. When he said that to me, I was like, damn, I, I mean, I said, I don't know if I could say that, but I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're basically, you expressing yourself. Yeah, I was like, damn, like, I never thought about it like that. Like, I, I can say something to, like, help somebody or say something to, to make someone feel better, get them some kind of insight on something. So I kind of just made it my mission, like, to express myself and to be as transparent as I can because I know that's the type of things that, that, that connects with people. Um, and then you know, I got other mentors along the way. Uh, um, my man Jose put me up on internet marketing and um, and um, and just you know being a professional, shaking and rubbing elbows with the right people as far as networking and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, I don't really like doing shout outs because I always be forgetting people. But like, I, I know it's a lot because your journey started so young. So I mean, you you've given a lot of people and. It's, it's really good that you have a support system, and it sounds like a lot of them are male figures who have been in your life who actually molded you into being the male professional entrepreneur, musician, and everything that you are. And it's, that's what a lot of people need, people of the same, who look like us, who think like us, who are just about the same as us, who who should be supporting us and pushing us along the way, not saying, oh, well, I don't want you to make it as big as me and this and this and this and keeping us down. So it's definitely, it's really great to hear that you have countless names who have supported you. Yes, countless. And I'm I'm probably forgetting like three or four people, like shout out to CEO, shout out to Robert Rich, but like it's a lot of people like that helped me along my, my path. And it's like, I can't help but feel like, like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, man, because it's like they always say when the student is ready, the teacher comes. And these mm-hmm. particular people always come in my life when there's a certain transition or a turning point that I need to make or some kind of transition that I need to make artistically or even just in my life. And it's 
always right on time. It's always right on time. So, man, shout out to all my mentors, man. It's huge, man. And another thing is, man, we, we got to be open to people, like, helping us, giving us those words of encouragement. Yes, you have to be teachable. Exactly. Be teachable. Even if someone is younger than you, man, like, you got to be open. Mm-hmm. Like, you can learn from anything and everybody. And that is one thing that I want to touch on, especially with my journey. Me and you, mm-hmm. we both can relate with, like, because at first, I when I was growing up, I wanted to be a dancer, and then I wanted to be a singer. And then in, like, middle school, I thought, like, decided to be a pediatrician because, like, my mom was telling everybody, oh, she's going to be a pediatrician. She's going to be like her aunt. She's a – because my aunt is an OBGYN. And so I was like, oh, and I started, like, shying away from all of that. And then I was just like, woman, I I just can't – it's just not something I see myself doing. And so, like – when I decided to do life coaching, that's when I started to, like, tell everybody. And they were like, life coaching? Like, there's this one particular person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to even mention their, their name, their gender. Because some people who are listening, they might end up figuring out who it is. So it's like this person, they tell me every single time, how are you going to be a life coach and you're young? You haven't even been through anything. And <laughs> life coaches are older. What? You feel me? We all figuring it out at the same time, man. What you doing, I you can share to someone else. When, it's, so, it's, it's crazy because I did a speech at um, the high school that I graduated from here mm-hmm. in Maryland, and I was thinking of a title of what I wanted my speech to be, and I basically um, I named it um, Lessons Has No Age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what ties into the whole the whole conversation that the person said, like, I'm not old enough to be a life coach and stuff. Like, people go through things that a 50-year-old, younger people go through things that 50-year-olds go through, and 50-year-olds go through things that 20-year-olds go through. And it's just like, you can't say that somebody else's story can't help somebody else through life while they're at that point in, like, that age and time in their life. So, it's like it's really crazy, and like we can both attest to not listening to what people say and like the stereotypes of oh you're supposed to be smart, you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be that. It's, yeah, it's exactly. just... Oh man, I'm sorry you had to go through that, you know. But that, those are things that build character, man. Sometimes I feel like the universe is testing. Like you say, you want to do this, how bad you want it? Let me throw some negativity at you. See how you handle that. Oh, you yeah. want it. You want it, won't it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and another thing I wanted to touch on is, like, all like you named countless amount, um, like countless amounts of people, um, and countless names, just in Savannah. I'm guessing that people have helped you along your way. Like a lot of people sleep on Savannah, and a lot of people, even if they like new listeners, I'm talking about Savannah, Georgia. That's where we're both from, and mm-hmm. it's like Savannah has a lot to offer. And how how do you sit like how do you set yourself apart from other um, artists and um, rappers, singers, and musicians? Period in Savannah, since it's such a small city. I love that question. The answer to that question is I be myself. Mm-hmm. I be authentic. And then as long as you're being yourself, you're going to be different than everyone. Because we're all the same, but at the same time, we're all unique. 
And if you be your most authentic self, your most genuine self, you're going to be different, man. So that's what I do. I literally just be myself with everything I do. I talk to people when I'm in my shows and in my concerts and I'm meeting people. I just be myself all the time. And from that, people just gravitate towards it because it's authentic. It's real. And, they, you know, people real recognize real, man. And real recognize real. And people just, you know, it, it separates you because a lot of people imitate. A lot of people try to be something they're not. And just to be what's hot or to be something they think is cool. And it might be cool, but I mm-hmm. feel like people's spirits, man, they can just they can just tell. They can just tell. I'm like, oh, that was cool. I like that. But I really feel this right here. I really feel this because I connect to it. And I think we just be a genuine self, man. You connect with people and their 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 humanity and their authentic selves as well. If that makes sense, I hope I'm making sense. But yeah, that, that, it definitely does make sense. So with not boxing yourself in, um, do you consider yourself as like a multi-genre person, like a artist? Like, what genres do you feel like you fit into the most? Oh man, I could do. I could do that damn to anything, honestly, but I, I realized that hip hop is like that's that's my thing right there. Because mm-hmm. I can do anything like my Savannah Weather project, it was more so on the soft rock, pop, hip hop, R and B vibe, like we use live instrumentation, a lot of singing harmonies and the beat selection was you know, it was it was different than traditional hip hop even you know, a song I did called Boo is definitely is definitely a rock song. But mm-hmm. um it was fun to do that and I realized that I can create because I I can create across genres because if, to me it's just music. If I feel it something's gonna come out and come to me. But hip hop is like is is the thing that I feel like I'm I I wanna I wanna say master, but I don't wanna say master because there's still so much I can learn but You become I, an expert in it. Yeah, I I got a really good feel for hip hop music though. I'm experimenting okay. with R and B though, trying to you know create that that old school '90s R and B vibe. Like when I do R and B tracks, I try to you know capture that essence. But I, you know, hip hop is like that's that's my thing right there. But you know, at the same time, hip hop is so like diverse that you can add elements of different things to it, and it it'll still be hip hop, man. Yeah. Like. For example, I was watching this. I was just watching this thing today. I forgot the guy's name, but he was he made the beat to Redbone by Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that to me that's one of my favorite songs. Like, and I, it's so dope. And when he was talking about it, he was like, "Oh yeah, man, I never like worked on hip hop, but this was like a really good opportunity to do it." And I was like, "What you would categorize that as hip hop?" <laughs> yeah. And when you really think about it, it's like, eh, kind of y'all can see why he say that. Yeah. So it's so diverse, but I I don't know. I just I, I whatever whatever I feel is what I feel, and I go to it. Okay, so to flip from the actual journey portion, how has starting your journey in your home city, Savannah, um, mm-hmm. actually brought you closer to the community? Yeah, yeah, it did. And it, I I just said something about this on my live yesterday. Well, the other day, rather. This, because I'm going to just tell people, man, because I want to just be as transparent as I can. Like, I practice spiritual laws when it comes to certain things I do and moves I make. And one of the spiritual laws 
Um, I, I don't want to get the name wrong, but it's pretty much karma, man. You get what you get. Are you, you talking about law, law of attraction? Yeah, law of attraction. Law of attraction, mm-hmm. however you want to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, just the idea of whatever you put out in the universe, you're going to get it right back. So I thought, like, okay, this is when I was just first trying to figure out how to get the people of Savannah to, to rally behind me. I was like, okay, how do I do that? And the thought just came to me. It's like, if you want the city to love you, why don't you love the city? Show love to the city. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Let me do that. So I started just doing, like, community events. I started doing fundraisers, like, on my own, like, using my own money to raise money to help other people and to provide things for other people who might not normally have. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing that, it was like, like, like I said, the city just showed that same love back to me. Yeah. Yeah, so that 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 was like special to me and it just showed that it works. Like literally what you put out is what you get what you get back. And um, you know, me getting that love from the city it, it helped propel me and it changed my perspective because a lot of people say, you know, it's not that much love in Savannah, man, they be hating this and that and that and the fourth. I'm not saying that's not true. But at the same time it just depends it's on what you're not true in your case. Well, I wouldn't say it's not true in my case. Because it's certain people who 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 don't like what I'm doing, certain people who do have negative things to say about me and what I got going on. But the thing is, I don't. I choose not to focus on that. Yeah. I choose to focus on the people who showing love, the people who like what I'm doing, who want to hear what I got, what I got going, hear what I got, and see what I got going on. I choose to focus on those people. And I feel like if you cultivate, you know, and put your intention and your energy into those people, it's just going to grow and keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You got to flower. I mean, excuse me, you got to water that flower, water that seed of love. You know what I'm saying? To let the hate be what it is. One positive and negative moment of your career that you will never forget? Positive and negative moment? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, the negative moment that I'll never forget is uh, one of the uh, artists that I used to work with. I invited him to some of my concerts. I don't know, for whatever reason, he had a problem with what I had going on and. He was just like, man, F your concert on on Facebook. Like, and I was shocked. Like, dang, why why would he, like, say that? I know yeah. he talking about my concert because I had the only concert going on at the time, and we was, like, promoting that thing heavy. Like, why would he say that? Like, it was negative. Like, and it, it kind of threw me aback. Like, dang, like, I bubble with bros. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I eventually, we eventually talked about it and everything and squashed it. But, you know, that particular moment, it, it showed me, like, why you shouldn't focus on negativity. Because, you know, I could have just, like, ignored it and continued to promote my concert, which a lot of people were excited about. But I chose to take away from putting energy into the positivity to focus on that. And, um, you know, I responded, said something back to it, and it just became something we became entertainment for people online. Yeah. And uh, it was good for him too because there was a lot of people who, who wasn't aware of him. It was like it was like, yo, why well, like how you handle, buddy? I don't know who he is, but that man riding. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, like I'm never doing that again. Like I'm not putting that type of energy. It was good that you know people, you know, curious enough to see what he had going on musically because bros is dope. I'm not gonna lie, or you know, try to hold nothing against him. He's dope. But yeah. it just showed me, like, you know, instead of, like, putting on social media, right then and there, one of us should have called each other. 
you know, yeah. I might have, I should have responded online. Just should have called like, yo, what's going on? Like, what, did I do something? I offend you in some kind of way? What's going on? Um, you know, it was just a learning situation for me to like, you know, move forward in the future, like how to handle things and to be more professional. But, you know, a positive thing that I never forget. Okay. So I was doing a concert. I was releasing a project live from the main. No, 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 no. This is a, my going away concert. This was, was when I was trying to leave Savannah for the first time. It didn't happen, mm-hmm. but, you know, first time I tried to leave. Um, I it was wasn't time for it to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Divine timing, divine timing. But it wasn't time. But I, I thought I was going to leave for sure, and I had a going away concert. And it was an artist. Um, it was also a good homie of mine, uh, Lady Laura on the lane. She she attended, and I was performing, and, like, sis was crying. Like, she was crying. Like, she was moved so much by the performance that she was crying. And it really touched me, man. It really touched me. It's like, dang, like, like I don't know. It was like that never happened to me before. I was like, she felt it that much, and she connected with it that much that she cried. And I was like, man, I should strive for this every single time, every single time, because it was such a beautiful moment, and the concert was such a beautiful concert. It was a great turnout, and everyone, everyone left with something, and it was just, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful, man. And that's that's what that's what we live for as artists, man. Like to put your art out there to connect with people, to help someone get through something. And, you know, for someone to hit you up and say, yo, man, that song really helped me out. Like, that's another situation. I had a friend, I sent, ran to him in the gas station, like, yo, bro, like, that song you had put out, Love Triangle, man, like, that helped me get through a hard breakup and a hard relationship, you know, ending. And I was like, wow, like, I'm I'm, I'm glad that I can help you, bro. Like, that, that's just, those are beautiful moments that really mean a lot to me, man, as an artist positive love those love those moments that is really good yeah you really especially yeah with being an artist entrepreneur and everything whatever you're trying to get other people to realize you you have to be relatable and you have to convey some emotion whatever you whether it's happy sad whatever you're trying to get them to relate to you so you can connect with them and I'm glad that you're doing a good job at letting people know how you feel because some people you you ever like picked up or picked up a a piece of paper or saw something on the internet and you're just like I don't even know how to feel about this like what are they trying to say and if that's how some people they it's just hard for other people to connect with them so the fact that you're you're getting that point across and using all of the things that those mentors have taught you is a great thing. Um, so I want to say name an artist or some artist that you would love to work with. Let's say like your top three, oh, man. whether Andre, it's people in Savannah or just in general. I'm going to give you in general. Okay. I'm going to give you in general. Andre 3000, my idol, would love to work with bros. Jay-Z, another one of my idols, would love to work with him. And this producer, actually, T-Minus. Mm-hmm. T, I love to work with T-Minus, man. Like, I'm a big fan of his work. Like, his production is stupid, bro. Like, I love to work with him. Just yep. in the three. Okay. And why would you want to work with Jay-Z and Andre 3000? Well, first of all, Andre, his creativity is, like, is crazy. He is so authentic. 
he is so authentic to the point like he he scares people away sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like he does not care. He is himself, and he's going to express himself. And his features is just stupid. Like he is, he hasn't dropped an album in years, but he's still relevant because every time he hop on somebody's song, it's 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 historic, it's epic. Mm-hmm. So, bro, I get him on the right track. Oh, boy, it's going down. It is going down, bro. Like, <laughs> you feel me? Oh, um, yeah. Jay Z, that's my that's my idol. I love to just chop it up with him and just pick his brain. You know, on a business tip, bro, he's like a trailblazer, man, pushing for artists to actually have more and have ownership of their art to be able to get compensated the way they're supposed to. He's really fighting for us on the forefront. Like, even black people as a whole, he's really fighting for the cause. And I appreciate him. I respect him, like, highly. Like, how he made what he made from where he came from. It's, like, inspiring. Like, I love to work with Jay to get a J-verse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is his work ethic, the way he even create. Like, I even kind of modeled myself after that, like, just letting it come and just say it. I, like, I stopped writing. And it works. It works. It works, man. Yeah. Like, that's that's big. Bro, like, you feel me? I love to work with him. And then yeah. T-minus, T- it's just, like, his production style. Like, I ain't never going to lie. Like, T-minus isn't my favorite producer in the game. Got to get it to my boy halftime. But, um, <laughs> like, he... He is like it's just I don't know, his 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 sound is just I don't know, he the beats that he make it just it, it connects with me like on a deep level. It's like his his frequencies and the way he he um he puts it together, like when he did um Don't Kill My Vibe by Kendrick, like that beat is stupid, bro. Yeah, that's one of the times. Or he did Middle Child. He did Middle Child with um with um with Cole. Yeah, that that beat right there. I I just listened to it like when I first um like listened to it. I was like, okay, I was listening to it for the words, and then I started listening to it just for the beat and just like that, the matchup of like the the instruments and everything. It was just it's really nice. Yes, bro, it is, man. I don't know. He just got a a certain sound that I really I really like. I really I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. That's one thing I wish I knew better, like how to like express sounds on a production. I could just tell you what it sounds like. I can't tell you what it is. But T minus is dope, man. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so how has music well, making music brought you a peace of mind? Oh man, that's it gave me purpose, man. It gave me a reason. Like Thing, when things like go wrong in my life, it makes sense because I, to me, I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to make a song about this. But if it wasn't for that, like, I probably would, I'm, I probably would have a hard, harder time dealing with things when things don't go right and when I go through stressful, hurtful moments. And like, if it wasn't for music, I wouldn't have a purpose. And it's like when it, it's, it's therapeutic for me. It's like when I'm feeling something heavy, like I'm feeling something now. You know what I'm saying? I just went through something like really emotional mm-hmm. bag yesterday but it's like i know when i finally get a chance to put it on wax it's it's just like everything just comes out i instantly just feel feel better when i get it out that way so and it's also helped me find myself you know when i used to write like just being locked in my room just writing down my thoughts and my feelings and i go back and read I'm like dang yeah that, that, dang, that's, that's how i feel dang, i would even think like that like it helped me find myself it's, it's like, man, it's like the best gift I could have ever gotten. I love yeah. it. 
So with all that being said, where do you see Clay Hodges in the next five years? Oh, man, I see myself being one of the biggest names in music, not even just in music, but in business. Because um, like my idols, they, they, they are businessmen. A lot of my idols are businessmen. And I, I model myself after them. And I, I look at things they do and see how they move. And I see myself being like that because those are things that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like the music business. I like to learn about marketing. I like to learn about branding in different ways to put your brand out there and to get people to get excited about your product. I, I like doing stuff like that. I see myself being a a, a, a a top music artist, but also being a person that partners with, you know, companies and help them do their branding and marketing. Also being a person who's creating movies and helping other, other artists get opportunities because that's something big for me. I know opportunities are hard to come by, and we mm-hmm. have to create our own. But, you know, for, for the people that figure figures it out, I think it's important for them to, help other people figure it out and create opportunities for those people. So when I completely figure all of this out, like it's only right that I get back and help other people reach their dreams as well. So that's what I see me being as, man. Just, I guess you could say the plug, man. I'll be the plug. <laughs> all right, Clay, the plug, Hodges. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's your new name. So something that's going to be very random is what's one random fun fact about you. Uh, I love video games. I ain't gonna lie, and I'm good too. I'm good at games. Like, what's your favorite game? Madden. I love Madden football games. I love Duel Links, which is like it's 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 a you. I'm for those who remember Yu Gi Oh. Like they came out with a phone app called Duel Links. You play people from all across the world. Love that shit. Like one day I'm going to get paid to play video games too. I'm telling y'all, y'all hear it here first. One day I'm going to get paid to play video games too. But I love video games, man. I can't. I don't spend as much time on it as I like to because I, I be busy like working on music and stuff like that. But yeah. when I do get to play, I might binge for like two weeks. <laughs> you feel me and get right. Yeah. Have you ever t- um, thought about trying to get your music on the game? Oh yeah, yes, I have. That's boy, that's that check right there. That's that check. <laughs> but it yes. really is. That like I just thought about that as soon as like he started talking about video games. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he ever thought about getting his music on the game. Man, I think about it all the time. I've been trying to submit before. I ain't pick, but you feel me? Like, yeah, that's that check, check, boy. Especially being on like a 2K or man, boy. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't play video games, but I just know that's just like getting your your song on like a TV show or something. Like as a um for one of the um like a TV show or anything, that that's something that is good money too. It is, bro. It's really good money, and I, I might be wrong, but I believe every time that song gets played by anybody, I get paid. So if it's millions of people playing the game and that song gets played, where you getting paid for that? Yeah. Every time it gets played, I believe. I could be wrong, but I believe. Based off what I looked at, I believe. But that's that check check right there. <laughs> Movie two, that's that check check. Yeah. You play the song for two seconds. Go ahead. I just like, yeah, just just put my song in there for two seconds. That's you it. Me, it's a cover song. That's all I need. Just put a song on the account. Come on, run it. 
Let's take a break and hear a message from my sponsors. Let's get back to the show. You have any projects or albums or anything you want to talk about that you have coming soon? Yes. I was on my first debut album. And I had a listen, listening party for it back in November. It was a great turnout. It was like an art show. So I connected with um, two photographers and a painter, Emerald Arguelles, Tiffany Skies, and Jasmine Jones. And we put together an art show. And the art reflected the concept and the idea of the album. And I played the music and had people come around and listen to art. People bought pieces and whatnot. And it was dope. I had people excited about it. And it was supposed to be released in January. But um, when it came time to for me to release it, I, I just didn't feel like it was complete. I felt like it was missing something. So I took a step back and just kind of just figuring out, still creating tracks to try to make sure this feels complete. So when I release it, it's like a, a holistic project that has a little something for everybody but still keeps the essence of me and my message. So it's coming soon, and I'm assuming that I'll probably be finishing it when I move out to California. So the album is definitely still on the way. So in the meantime, I'm just going to be releasing music videos. I just released one, um, what it was, January. It's about about five, what was it? It's about 6,000 views right now. It's okay, you know. Um, and I'm about to get ready to release another one in March. So I'm going to just try to be consistent with releasing music videos every two months So until the album drops. So it's it's coming, man. It's coming. Okay. And what made you come up with the concept of the actual name, um, Mary's, Mary's Little Lamb? Uh, Mary's Lamb? Well, oh, yeah, Mary's Lamb. Initially, I wanted to name the project God Still Working On Me. Um, but I was talking to one of my mentors about it. One of my mentors is in the music industry, and he was like, yo, like, I think you should change the name because, like, people might read that thing as a gospel album. Ain't nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that, but... I'm not a gospel artist, and I want to have a, a holistic approach when it comes to it. So he challenged me to be more creative. And the idea I came up with was Mary's Lamb. I was thinking about, you know, the kids song, Mary Had a Little Lamb, and mm-hmm. the piano, and I, I kind of flipped it. To me, Mary represents America, mm-hmm. and Mary, Mary America, and the Lamb represents people of color people who haven't necessarily been given a fair shot or the best representation in this country. People got the short end of the stick. That's what the land represents to me. And I just tell the story about, you know, Queen Mary and, you know, her her transition with dealing with this land because, you know, I'm also expressing my hopes and dreams for the country within this project. Like, I want the country to become a better place where people accept one another, don't judge anybody, and, you know, help each other, like, genuinely, because at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. And that's to be happy, man. And that's to live a life that's fulfilled, you know, a fulfilling life. We mm-hmm. all want the same thing at the end of the day. Like, why don't we just put our differences aside and do what we need to do to ensure that that happens? So I want to <clears throat> I want to express that in the album, and I also want to express the struggles of growing up a black man in this country and like just talk about my personal struggles of 
you know, growing up in this country and even finding my identity um, for me growing up in the hood and thinking I was a thug because that was the music I was listening to or the people I was singing around. And then realizing that, you know, just because my friends are in a certain things or I like a certain kind of music doesn't mean I have to be like that. So that was about that too. It's just, it's just about transition, about self-discovery, self-reflection, and then just growing. Okay. Yeah, when I I was gonna say when you um said Mary Lamb, like when you explained like how Mary is America and Lamb, like when I started thinking about the Lamb, I was thinking about how Lamb is sacred and Mm -hmm. sacrifice and stuff. And Mm -hmm. now that you relate the Lamb to like Black people and like Mary being America, I feel like we are sacrificed. And, like, we're the, basically the person, we're the scapegoat for everybody. Mm-hmm. And you to, like, everybody puts our, um, their problems and everything on us. So I'm I'm really excited for it. I really do love Down. I was listening to it the other day, and I was like, I kept playing it over and over and over again. <laughs> I was like, and then the video, I love it because, like, I'm not sure who the female was who was dancing in the video. Michael, that's her singing too. Yeah, and see, I didn't know that was her dancing, and I was like, like, it was real trippy. I was just, like, vibing to it. I was like, this is one of them songs that I would, like, just want to take a, like, a weekend ride, or if I'm on the highway, I can just vibe to it. Yeah, man. And and I was going for that, too. Like, Like I was saying earlier, I wanted to try to capture, like, the 90s vibe. Mm-hmm. That's why I went the direction I went in with the hook and everything, and like even like the flow with my verse and everything. I Micah is just the icing on the cake, but Micah is a beast, boy. A yeah, I I can't put my finger on what artist she reminds me of, but I can't remember her name. And like she just has that that R and B kind of like I don't even know like house music vibe to her voice, like. Mm-hmm. That that song also sounds like house music to me, like real chill, like something you'll hear at a museum. Okay, okay. I need yeah. to play that in the museum. Yeah. <laughs> New film. Yeah. And also, I forgot to tell you, um, Savannah Weather, I like that song as well. Thank just, you. I feel like it's a theme song for the city, for real. Like something that you they should play like on a commercial or something or something that you can – it's just like – it just really talks about the city and how it's to me, like especially with the music video, how it coincides, it really gives a good look on the city or like how it really is and it's not about like all the the violence and stuff that most people might come across and mm-hmm. the, the dumb things that they might see. Like it really that visual was a really good visual as well. I appreciate that. And we definitely wanted to capture the more positive light of the city. And do something different, you know, than stand in front of a band house with like five of my homeboys jumping up and down with guns. Yeah, the band house. Like you feel me? <laughs> you. But we just wanted to push the envelope and just do something different. And it seemed like it was more so the community that you had involved in the actual video as well, like being at Daphne and stuff. And like showing the kids playing football and whatnot, like it just seemed like the typical like how it reminded me of like 
all the summers that I had, like, when I was in Savannah, when I was younger, growing up, and just, it was just, like, so fun. Like, <laughs> it made me want to, like, get in my car and drive to Savannah right now. <laughs> Even though the the, I, the weather isn't ideal, <laughs> like, it really is just, it's just a positive thing to see in the city, like, through the video and just hearing, like, your music. I appreciate it. You want to know a secret, though? What's up? I was sad as hell when I made that song. Oh, why? Man, going through it. Man, these women's brothers are putting you through it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry on behalf of the women that you've ever dealt with, just from the, the women race, anybody that you might come across that might be going through something and might take you through their bad times. I'm sorry, okay? Man, that's okay. <laughs> Don't apologize because we get Savannah weathers from stuff like that. <laughs> Most definitely. Anything else you want to let us know about before we go? Oh, uh, hey, I mean, that's, that's really it, man. I want to talk about the art a little bit. We did. And I appreciate you for, like, having me on the show. And I appreciate you for, you know, taking a chance on my art and just, you know, giving it a chance. And, you know, giving me this opportunity to speak, you know, have this conversation and build. I really appreciate that, Marsha. I do. I do. Nope. It's no problem. We definitely, especially if I'm somebody from your city who no longer lives in the city and, and I'm giving you a chance. Like, I want somebody to give me a chance as well. So I'm definitely, with my podcast, I'm definitely using that as a platform to reach out to others who are in the city who might not have like have that voice or know how to get their self out there um with their craft. So I definitely wanted to let you know this won't be the first time you're you're gonna be on here. We're gonna definitely keep the the peacemakers in check and let them know how you're doing and do a follow up once your um album does drop and everything. Okay, for sure. That sounds like a bet, man. I'm gonna hold you to it now. All right, all right. Hold me to it. <laughs> Let everybody know where you can be found on social media, where you can be found or reached for business as well. So you can go ahead and do your thing. All right. For all business inquiries, just email me at Clay Hodges, C-L-A-Y-H-O-D-G-E-S, at DonationRecords.com. Donation is D-O-E-N-A-T-I-O-N, Nation Records, R-E-C-O-R-D-S.com. Clay Hodges at DonationRecords.com. That's the company right there. Donation Records, baby. But dreams come true. But anyway, if you want to find me on social media, everything is pretty much the same. It's Clay-Do912. At Clay, C-L-A-Y-D-O-E-912. If you want to be on my Facebook page, I have a, um, uh, a page on Facebook and I have a personal one. Mm-hmm. Man, go ahead and like the business page, man. Clay Hodges. Go ahead and like that. And if you want to add me as a friend on my personal page, go ahead, man. I'm always putting up great content and great statuses every now and then when I'm when I'm in the mood and I'm moved to do so. Yeah, man. <laughs> follow me, man. And I'm not that bougie. I'm not at the point where I'm not following people back. So just <laughs> come on, get in while while it's early. Exactly. Before they be like, oh well, they don't want to follow nobody back. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> All right, okay, we're going to wrap. This is Clay Hodges, and you're listening to Peace of Mind.
with Stone Coach. Be sure to cut that notification bell on so that you will get notified every time, whether you're listening on Anchor, Spotify, um, iTunes, or any place. Just go ahead and make sure notifications are on so you can be told when I am dropping a new episode. Um, and definitely like our um podcast and let us know what is going on with you what you want us to talk about and we'll keep you informed um via push notifications on your app definitely check us out on instagram twitter and email us if you need to um at your peace of mind 2016 at gmail.com all can be found in the show notes of all of our shows um our podcasts and we'll be able to hit you up and we can chat peacemakers <laughs>